Slashing. Slashing for a second season. You yep. We're here. We're oh. ready to rumble. We are Slasher Tracks, a podcast dedicated to watching and analyzing horror movies uh, with a focus on... On their sounds. Sounds. As well as uh, fun spinoffs that we discover along the way. They're called Sidetracks, Aaron. It's cool. been established. Well, we are your three lovable hosts. So I'm, lovable! Yeah, I'm Aaron. I'm Sloan. And I'm your stepmom. <laughs> We're going to take you on another ride. Uh, this time, after finishing up Hellraiser last season uh, and doing a spinoff, It Follows, which was a ripper, uh, we're about to start another one. Getting back into the garbage of horror franchises of the 80s, 90s, and now. <laughs> Woo! So, uh... We're tackling the iconic Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, boy. There are 12 movies in this series and a video game. Uh-huh. And potentially, by the time we're done, maybe a 13th. Are they talking about it? I'll get to that later. Okay. Well, oh my gosh, the 13th. Fr- Whoa. Exactly. Okay. You, f- you picked up yeah. on it quicker than I did. Yeah. Well, really? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't immediate for you? No. Oh, okay. Friday the 13th. Now, have you guys... <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> have you guys seen many of these movies or any of the movies? None. This is my first right time. Now? I have seen the first three. I have... I remember the first two somewhat. Okay, so but pretty fresh so, overall. Yeah, we're we're coming in fresher than the Hellraiser series. I, yeah, I've only seen the first one. Eager to go past the first one because, uh, as we are going to discuss here, our big buddy Jason doesn't really develop a lot on this one. Um, yeah, it's all about the mom. It's about all about the Pam. Mom. It's a 1980 movie. Um, mm-hmm. One of the early slashers. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, it was inspired by the success of Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. Very clearly. I mm-hmm. felt like our main girl, Alice, was definitely, like, they wanted Jamie Lee Curtis, but Jamie Lee had another project. <laughs> Maybe she was... She felt like a Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. type. I could see that. Um, the cover of this one, the poster, is very iconic at this point. It's Is it? It's a, like, just the outline of a, of a person with the bloody knife, Mm. and then you've got the camp counselors inside it. But is that person the mom? Because, okay, spoiler alert, the killer is Jace's mom. Yeah, so the premise of the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's unlikely, but I hadn't seen it, is there's a summer camp, the uh, counselors are getting ready to start the camp, and they all get murdered. Mm hmm. Yep, Camp Crystal Lake is the setting. So, yeah, I mean, do we want to get into my main issue with the movie of the mom? Because. Might as well. Go for it. Like, 
like, okay, so yeah, you think it's some big, angry, trucker, psychopathic killer that's killing all these kids for having sex and having fun. And then it turns out it's Mama Voorhees, whose son Jason drowned at the camp, like, uh, 20 years ago. And now she's taken Mm -hmm. revenge every year that people show up because the counselors were having sex Mm -hmm. and her son drowned. So now she hates fun. But... Like, am I supposed to believe that this middle-aged lady was able to, like, throw dead weight, full-grown bodies, like, up on on top of wires and, like, up on doors? Like, that takes so much strength to do what she did. Yeah. You don't see under her sweater. She, she probably has fucking guns. Ripped. And then when we finally see, like, Alice is her contender, Alice puts up a fight, like... It just, she doesn't seem like she she's... She was tired from lifting all those people up. I guess <laughs> she did, like, lift all those people to scare Alice, so she used all of her strength hanging all those bodies up as a scare tactic. You may have a point there. But there were some definitely, there were some really quality kills in there. Oh, like, yeah. I, the, oh, yeah. The bunk kill was really good with the, the knife coming up. That was really, really cool. Or just the dead body on top of them while they're, well... They're our main oh, yeah. Or not our they're, main characters. They're getting down. Oh yeah! By the way, freaking Kevin Bacon is in this movie. Kevin yeah. B, young and Kevin we B. see we see in the sex scene his bare buns getting grabbed, bro. And that's not always we We see Kevin B's little B. There. You see his his B, dude. What's during, his B? Is that his penis? Yeah, I guess it's his penis. During his little bacon. There's a moment in this movie strip. where <laughs> his little bacon strip <laughs> is very visible in his tiny little swim trunks. Oh it yes. Hands up and his smooth little body. I'm like, is this a woman? Should I be into this? And then it's like, whop whop. This is a bulge, <laughs> like distinct head of his and penis. And then it like stays there for a second. Like it's supposed to be we're focusing on another character, but you cannot no. not look at his green speedo. Yeah, I feel like you could see his urethra. Yeah, like, it is tight and weird. <laughs> Outlined, I do, but yeah, back to like, so yeah, uh, it's like a Kevin Bacon and this girl Maureen or Marcy, they're doing it, and he gets murdered after. But just like speaking of the stab scene, did you guys notice like just like with the special effects wise of that part? What? You could tell yeah, how his they neck did looked it. So long for a split yeah, second, and it's he a had, totally like, a different neck. Yeah, it's like a totally different color. So you can see like they like maybe cut out a hole in a pillow so we could poke his head through it and mm-hmm. then they put yeah. like a mannequin body below. Oh boy. It was like very goofy. For the most part it looked pretty cool though. No, it was very cool. Yeah. yeah, especially like because it was a pretty quick shot, like I could see somebody totally not catching that too much and just being like, Oh nice. The special effects guy on this movie is a pretty big deal. Um, Tom yeah, Savini. Yeah, I'm going to hit on him just a little bit. Okay. A little bit later. Uh, one thing um, that I will mention now, um, so the very end of this movie, when all the hubbub is done, and she's she's on the boat, sleeping, mm-hmm. and, and then <laughs> big water Jason monster comes out, like, gross Jason kid, whatever. Uh, Drowned Jason. That wasn't yeah. in the original script. The original guy that wrote it, was like he his angle was the killer mama he loved mm-hmm. that part that is um, cool and he was actually pissed off that jason was the the killer in this the sequels mm. and yeah this was just like uh tom savini had just watched carrie and wanted a similar end scare like that mm. like, we should just I mean, put him in buds and i could do special effects and it was have- yeah. this 
only thing that like fully scared me. Like I had like a leg tangle from that. I was not expecting it. It got me. It got me good. Nice. As a first yeah, time yeah. viewer. Oh yeah. It's a very it's a very good scare. Yeah. Tom Savini is great. Also known for acting and doing special effects in other movies. Um, Romero's of the Dead series. He did a few films. Um, Creepshow 1 and 2. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, he also acted in Zack and Miri Make a Porno. Oh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. I didn't know he acted. Done all sorts That's of weird, weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to um, Google this too, just see what it looks like. See if I've recognized him in any of these things. Probably. I feel like he's a pretty recognizable guy. Um, speaking of his practical effects, I'm going to go into my sidetrack here. Um, if you remember when they're in the bunks at one point, there's a snake that comes out. Yeah. Recall it? Um, yeah! So yeah! There was a, Sorry. Yeah, there was a lot of hubbub about whether that was a real snake or not. Oh, oh, Cody, oh, I'm so glad that you have this answer. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it is definitely a real snake. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just cut, they cut the head off a snake. Dude. So, um, yeah. And that made me start thinking about, one, I wanted to know if it was real, but two, I was wondering how often this actually occurs in movies and, like, what there is in place. So I kind of dug into some like animal cruelty stuff. So real quick films. for for listeners yeah, for who aren't, aren't familiar, uh, haven't seen the movie in a while or never, there's a big old snake, and what happens to it in the movie, Cody? They fucking just cut off its head with a, I, like a machete. They cut with, it like a couple times. I don't remember it happened. I just remember it getting cut. And oh, I, was, I thought there were two gross. slices. I just okay, remember sorry. it looking real gory, and we <laughs> look at each other and like that was real. We're like that's a dead fucking snake. Yeah. That was one so, shot. So confirmed it was a real dead snake. Oh, yeah. Definitely a real thing. Oh, my God. And even in 1980, it wasn't like super commonplace or really considered acceptable to kill animals on film. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, there weren't, there weren't a lot of guidelines at the time, though. Um, there was an organization that exists or exists to this day called the AHA, which is the American Humane Association. Which is basically trying to trying to give animals some sort of protection when it comes to filming, um, but that didn't stop um, other films from doing things that have been completely disgusting or killed other animals. Um, example is Cannibal Holocaust that came out earlier that year. Oh, um, that one shows always a comes being up beheaded. as nasty shit. A turtle gets completely like mutilated, Aww. arms and legs cut off. It gets scooped out. Oh, and it's um, all real. Oh yeah, all real Aww. stuff. It has it has like seven instances of killing animals on film and actually in the movie. Oh my gosh! Um, oh my God. Even though other parts of the movie were acclaimed for their realness, like they thought actual people were murdered. Like the person, the director had to go on on the lamb because people actually wanted him arrested for murder yeah. um, because some of the effects were so good, but they couldn't. And he had the actors not talk to the press afterwards to make, make yeah, it more Yeah, exactly. Spooky. They were on like a, a, yeah, they signed something where they couldn't talk. So. That's kind of badass. I mean, maybe don't smash the animals, but. Yeah, yeah. And another film, um, 1986's Milo and Otis. Cute <gasps> puppy and kitten go on adventure. Yeah, it's a pug! Were, 20, yeah, 20 kittens were killed. Holy and then, shit. Uh, 
Yeah, and uh, and one of them to make it look more dramatic and make one of the kittens look a little to walk different. They broke its foot intentionally <gasps> to make it walk with a limp. Oh my god! That was a movie. I don't remember much about it, but that was like one of my go-to movies as a kid when I was like four. Yeah, you yeah. watched like hundreds of dead cats. <gasps> <laughs> um. So essentially, they there was the AWA was put in place, the Animal Welfare Act. Um, and this, um, ensures that any time you want to use an animal in a film, it needs, you need to have a license and then you need to make sure that they have proper care, housing, nutrition, vet care, somebody on, on staff to actually like look after them. Do you know, are they in charge of the, the thing that you see at the end? Like, yeah, I was about to no, ask. no animals are hurt. Yeah, that's, that's the AHA, the ones okay. that uh, put their stamp on that. Um, but unfortunately, there's still a lot of workarounds. Um, they're only regarded as looking after dogs, cats, primates, and other warm-blooded animal actors. So everything else, you can just like do whatever so with on film, can still and there's chop no snakes. issues. Yeah, yeah, totally fine. You can do it to this day. Oh my god. Um, because there's no state laws that actually target the abuse of the actual animals so it just all falls on anti-cruelty which is one super vague um and generally protects against like intention to harm and penalizes neglect Mm -hmm. but i mean it's not enforced very well there's not a lot of interest in the aha doesn't have a lot of manpower to actually enforce cases where things could go wrong um and it doesn't doesn't include monitor offset during any kind of training that any of the animals have to do, and definitely allows for uh, babies to be separated from their mothers early, causing depression or just like they don't grow up well. They mm-hmm. don't like learn the things that they need to learn as a young uh, young animal. To cap this off. I looked at kind of a few like more recent films that also had like problematic things happening. Oh no! And then one fun one, uh, Flicka. Okay. <laughs> two horse, two horses died. They just from uh, accidents while filming. They just oh. like tripped and like had to be put down. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean blew up tons of shit in the water. They didn't even try to like uh, separate. Um, any of the aquatic life. Oh, no. So Oops. I guess, like, squids and shit were just washing up dead for, like, weeks after oh filming, God. after a few underwater explosions. Not warm-blooded, so they, dove matter. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, the Life of Pi, the tiger in it, nearly drowned a few real, times. Right? That was a real tiger? Yeah. Wait, what? At, for at least some of it. For okay. at least some of it, there was a real tiger. You said he used, almost And drowned? it almost drowned. Yeah, just they because actually... of lack of... Put the tiger in the water? I've never seen the movie. I just know there's tiger a tiger in water. Yeah, tigers swim. Tigers are one of the few big cats that actually like enjoy water. Even deep water? Hmm, I guess not this tiger. And then I, the one that I thought was the kind of the craziest is in 2012, The Hobbit, 27 what? sheep and goats died what? because they were dehydrated and didn't give them any water. Aww. And... This film got the no animals were harmed later. <gasps> oh 
my so God. it shows the corruption and like how little it actually matters in the scheme of things and th- there's tons of other movies too like i guess uh snow dogs not cuba movie. gooding jr oh yeah Th- there were a few dogs that died there ah. it reminds me have you seen the movie holy mountain I have seen Holy Mountain. Do you remember the lizards the... versus frogs, like, gladiator battle? They're totally yeah. just blowing up those those little yeah. creatures up. And I de- read something about that, and it definitely... It was an article that somebody posted stating, like, that people seem to care more about animals when it's a narrative movie, but when it's an art film, people turn the other way. Huh. And I agree, because, like, that one wasn't listed in any of the uh except on that article it wasn't listed under animal cruelty it's just think, art it's fine well i don't know i could see in the same way like if like a person was actually like it, if it was an art film and they actually were like cutting into their flesh or something like you would be also yeah, be more likely to be like a blind idea i know i'm just saying you do yeah. give just a general pass of weirdness and grossness i guess maybe if it's for i mean that was a to... bizarre fucking movie i, I, I guess maybe it. that wasn't so odd that yeah it caught your attention all right but i have to end it on this note because this was the fucking weirdest series of sentences that i've read okay in 1903 okay after a circus accident a circus elephant was subjected to hanging <gasps> get this though Thomas Edison intervened. What the fuck? I got goosebumps. No, no, I, the, no. We aren't even at the crazy <laughs> part. And he he said, "No, we can't do this to this elephant. We need to shock it to death." Oh, wait, I know about this. And I want to film. What it. the fuck? So Thomas Edison fucking electrocuted a circus elephant to death. Was it to prove something about his ideas of electricity? No, hmm. oh, I've got no? <laughs> it was because it was just because he the the elephant was gonna die and he was like um, let's zap it. Why? let's do it with zaps. I knew something it, with him and uh, uh, an elephant. It wasn't for science at head. all. Like it wasn't he was trying it's to just, invent the electric chair. I, I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure it, it probably oh, okay. had something, but it was mainly because, he's like this is kind of yeah one yeah. To... It was mostly just like hey, don't hang this elephant, which I thought was bizarre no, yeah, enough. How do you hang an how elephant? do you hang an oh, elephant? Those things are so yeah. thick. Yeah. You can't hang a thick boy like that. It's going to fall What did he do to deserve getting hung, by the way? Did he commit a crime? Was it like a broken leg situation? I I think it like, (laughs) it stole a woman's purse. (laughs) It was Dumbo. (laughs) Um, I I don't know. I didn't really read into the circus accident. I'm assuming maybe it like, uh, because, you know, circus animals are prone to kind of like go out of control because they're being like, prodded uh, all the hey, time maybe it hurt somebody. just not generally not happy animals or something stomped on a lady's purse yeah so i think it like yeah stomped the kid chewing a lollipop <laughs> because he was chewing the lollipop and not sucking it so yeah, he died yeah, bad etiquette so. there god that yeah. is bizarre yeah so now we know a little bit about animal cruelty in huh. films and that i you know it doesn't whatever you do it's okay <laughs> i am surprised It'll, that it's still going on I, did, I had no idea that it was, like, this bad either. Like, you don't really need anything. The sheep one was... Like, when I was reading about the AWA, I was like, oh, okay, so it seems like they got a wrap on uh-huh, You right. kind of have to have your I shit I figured together. they've solved then... this a year or two after this movie we watched. 
And no. You yeah. can just put that what? label at the end. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, the A the AHA hands it out and it's apparently not very hard to get. Wow. So Peter Jackson can get the the pass. It's fine. They they were The sheep didn't sheep. let them know they were thirsty though. And that's mm-hmm. on the sheep. That's it's really on the sheep. That was so interesting. And very very sad, but mm-hmm. also uh, it's weird too cuz it and, and when we were seeing the snake get chopped up, we were like this is fucked up, right? But then turns mm-hmm. out you can still chop snakes on fil- on screen. You can chop a snake to this day. That's crazy. <sighs> but at people least... would people would freak out. Yeah, people would get mad. It wouldn't go well. Yeah, but you yeah. could at least Cause like like we noticed it. So yeah. it's like we're in the time where you notice that at least it's not 1980 anymore. And you know, can I, can I butt in real quick? Yeah. What's Speaking up? of noticing something now that it's not 1980. Can we talk about all the fucking creeps in this movie? Just everyone, every single Steve. interaction with women was Ugh. so crazy, cringe. Like, I think the only one that wasn't creepy was Kevin Bacon. Is this why boomers Bacon. are the way they are? Like, I mean, yeah. Every like, are all the girls as pretty as you? Here, let me get you out of my truck, butt cheek. Oh butt yeah, butt the cheek. trucker oh, yeah, that yeah. like pushed her in oh. by her butt. Oh my god, it's just it's nonstop. Any like older male and pretty much any of the guys, it's all just you know, it's one of those like the guys exist in the movie to have sex, and only. it's all just like just one of the boys yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, and it's fine and normal, and the girls are just like, "Oh ha, mm-hmm. stop!" I think the only guy that wasn't creepy was Kevin Bacon. Mm. He was um, just a and c- crazy, crazy Ralph. Yeah, I guess he wasn't a creep. He was just the nerd. No, Crazy Ralph was the guy that. Says, oh, actual Crazy You're Ralph. You're all gonna yeah. die. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, but he wasn't a pervert. At least yeah. he wasn't a pervert. He was the real hero. Maybe he jacked off in his tractor afterwards, but. <laughs> it, it or in the pantry that he was locked in. <laughs> well, he's gotta he's gotta calm down before he because he's he's trying he's freaking out constantly. He needs to like mm-hmm. tamp it down. Do a what you bit. gotta do to tamp it. Did you know that Bing Crosby's son was in it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry Harry Crosby's in it. Who would have thunk? Is, is he? He? Uh, he might be Gene Short's guy. Bill. Yeah, the I think hottie. He is. Um, and there was another uh, another interesting thing as far as casting goes. Uh, our our mama Mama Voorhees mm-hmm. thought this movie was. Hold on, what shit? Yeah, what is it? Was it just shit? Um. Palmer. Um, uh, she only... said she read the script. She and said it's a piece of I, it shit. Was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another interesting thing about her um, is she needed a new she... car. Yeah, she just wanted a new car. But uh, and also she basically she wasn't a method actor, but she used a method of acting called uh, Stanilo... Stanilovsky mm-hmm. method act. Method acting, I guess. So it is method acting. What I lied, that? but um, the which is essentially like... just she makes up her own character's backstory. Yeah, it's about like fully like getting just like having a full development, even if they don't tell you what they are. So you can like yeah. fully like internal fanfic of the yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. So you can exactly. find the motivation for what you're doing, sort of thing. That's kind yeah. Of so creepy. she had like this whole this whole backstory that I read about, which was basically just um, she had Jason out of wedlock, and the husband left and was 
just kind of a shit bag drunk or something and she didn't have any money so she tried to get any job she could she started working at the camp mm. and then she just kind of was disregarded and jason was kind of she couldn't raise him very well so he's kind of weird and did a didn't get along with anybody. So Jason was like swimming and he drowned and no one wanted to help him because he was like weird. And she was mad that everyone was just having sex and everything. So that's kind of how she kind of mm. made a, it a lot to be of like this sex effort. hating. Yeah. To make this like mental, well, and also like a mentally um, incompetent person that that's kind of just like thinking sex is evil. And it's like this reason to hate, summer camps <laughs> yeah, i guess i mean i will say hearing that she was a legit actress and put i think she gave mm. the biggest best performance it was kind of agree. genuinely yeah. creepy when she would do her little jason baby voice like kill them mommy kill them and it uh, did creep me out when i thought back on the movie what do you guys think about strip monopoly I really this the strip monopoly makes me, I really like the references to marijuana in this movie. Oh yeah, just so the like there is a cop that came to the camp and he's like, "What are you kids doing?" He's like, and they're like, "What are you talking about smoking, man?" And he says, "Hash, grass, the weed." <laughs> and I just really like that. <laughs> and there's more of that in the Monopoly game. You know, I didn't understand how Strip Monopoly worked. If you just land on something, they get to take off some clothes. Like, yeah. what, what's what, what's the difference between landing on Boardwalk and Baltic? If you land on Boardwalk, do you just have to get naked and shove a Coke bottle up your ass? Or like, <laughs> yeah, what happens when you buy a hotel? No, I think yeah. it's instead. I think it's when you land on someone's property. Instead of giving them money, you give them an I, article. I know. Of clothing. There, there's no yeah, incentive like, to get the better ones, or oh. or to get a group, a monopoly, if you will. Well, I bet. Well, maybe you can have more leverage if it's a hotel it's like well now you gotta take your bra off it isn't explained and i wanted <laughs> rules <laughs> i wanted it too and, and i got nothing i got here and you know i'll take a me? boot and it's like why would you take a boot you idiot you you just these fucking horny kids are playing this game and then she it starts to rain and then she's like oh i'm putting on my clothes and leaving well that's like, when brenda becomes wholesome no way are they gonna let her out like this we're in the middle of strip monopoly. Yeah, and they were smoking grass and drinking. Red and she stripes. just decides, "Oh, my car is." No, her her her, her um. The windows open or something. In her yeah, the wi- in her cabin. Her cabin. The cabin. There's yeah. the word. Well, she is uh, hired there to be a camp counselor. She's got to protect the cabin. Yeah, I just. But she would come back. She often, would come back. When I'm watching these teen sex slashers, I'm always I'm thinking of these horn dog teens and putting myself in their place and how. Certain plot points don't no, work that one was when you stupid. are a was... horn dog teen, and they would play the game. No, or Brenda would go shut the windows, <laughs> but she'd come back. But yeah. they needed a reason to isolate Brenda because mm. you have to be by yourself. One if you're going to get killed by Mama Voorhees. You get ch 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 ha ha ha, and then that's that. Speaking of Mama Voorhees, that fucking fight. Want to talk about the end fight? She gets knocked down and could have killed her like three times, where she's like on the ground and she's just like. Ooh, I think I'm gonna leave for a minute. She's on the ground. I could kill her. I can't do it. I'm just gonna leave. Like she just so she yeah. At one point she mm. has like a cast iron skillet, bonks her in the head yeah. just one time <laughs> instead of smashing Dude, her just head. Smash in, her brains into like, ground beef at that point. You know she's a bad guy. She's killed all of your friends. Mm. Yup, it's not abstract anymore. You've seen the guts of your friends. Yeah, 
murder this lady. Like, you know this is a bad guy. Nope. Just run out of out of sight and let her and she runs back down up multiple to the times. Then she runs yeah, down to the at, beach. That's kind of the boat dock area. And I really liked uh, the way that she took Mama Voorhees. Like it's like a you know a lot of hand to hand combat, a lot of like crawling on top of each other. And uh, Alice mm-hmm. just kicks her in the puss, yeah. and that knocks her out for a second. And I really liked that the puss uh, kick worked. Yeah, good. It's the ultimate move. Glad you brought that back up. A yeah. puss kick. You don't see a lot of. You puss don't kicks. see a lot of it, but you know what? It's effective. If you've been kicked in the puss bone, it is oh, bad. Just kind of. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's like the horses in Monty Python, just like the. <laughs> And so at the end of this fight, uh, kind of pretty abruptly, uh, good girl gets the the weapon. Machete. Swing, and fucking Mama Voorhees' head is totally ripped off. Sliced clean off. <laughs> like, like it was made out of Play-Doh. It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> There's just no way that this... This girl could have just lopped her head off like that. Yeah, it goes flying. Especially if she if she was struggling to fight a fifty plus year old woman mm-hmm. that much, and then Wait, one one you've slice. You've established that the fifty plus year old woman is insanely strong and can lift at least one hundred and seventy. I know pounds that's what I'm weight. saying. Yeah, but she's I'm, probably got a dense yeah, neck. True. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, she's got I, I think for that, days. Dude. I think our good guy character <laughs> should not have been able to cut off her head. I yeah. think it would have gotten stuck in the spine oh about to getting their head cut off wasn't there didn't she have like a chicken with her head cut off moment where it's like the body is like oh her hands are still kind of like yeah oh, she goes down that was pretty funky. cool i liked that it was neat um and it's it's giving us a lot of climactic music at that moment it was a big it was a big moment kick her in the puss keep that in whoever's editing so, speaking of Mama Voorhees being a little bit of a helicopter parent, you could mm-hmm. say, at camp. As well as a bodybuilder. It, well, I'm more leaning into the helicopter parent <laughs> than the bodybuilder portion. Sure, okay. Um, so, I was looking, I was just, you know, looking into just, uh, something about summer camps. What's going on with summer camps right now? Sure. So, we're living in the age, it is not 1980 anymore, folks. It is 2020. Mm-hmm. And while the world Damn. is burning, we also have... Oh my god, it is 40 years later. Wow. 40 years later, we have facial recognition software. Mm-hmm. And it's infiltrating our camps. So, you know, facial recognition, what? you know, we, we see it, <laughs> we think of it kind of casually in our phones, so you unlock your phone, but it's also like being used in schools, to track students, they say it's to like find school shooters, so they have like bullshit. All the, but yeah, they're like yeah. tracking all their. They say it's for school shooters. There's people trying to stop it. They're also, selling that to Zuckerberg. I mean, it's it's an issue. Like, uh, San Francisco, some other cities, but I know San Francisco for sure has banned the use of facial recognition software by police and public oh, officials. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just a, it's a thing that's going on right now, and it's an issue, and it's definitely an issue when it comes to children. And in summer camps, but it's being used in summer camps. So here's what's going really? on. Really, that's fucking wild. I would never yeah. have thought of that intersection in my entire it's life. So it's because of these Mama Voorhees out there being helicopter parents. Oh no, shit. Yeah. So the, here's the thing. Fucking so there's. Wild. A few companies that are using this technology, uh, there's one in particular I'm going to talk about. There are multiple companies, um, but one is called Bunk One, 
their thing is like they made an app for parents to stay connected with their kids while their kids are supposed to be unplugged and away from their fucking parents at camp. So like oh, usually even away from your phone. You're, like. So like usually the kids like a lot of camps like take away the phones like you're not allowed to have your cell phone. The kids aren't, but the parents still do. And so Bunk One is a company like one of their main things that they make their money off of is using facial recognition technology. So what the camps will do is they'll hire photographers to be there all day every day. Sometimes multiple photographers depending on how big the camp is to just constantly be taking photos. And then at the end of the day, the photographers load all the pics up on the app. And then parents will put in on the app, like when they're getting it ready, will put in pictures of their kids so that the facial recognition in the app will find the pictures that were uploaded. So it's like they can see what their kids were doing at camp that day. Uh, yeah. Why? It's fucking stupid. Why would you need so that information for... like that night or that day? It's like. Just wait for the pictures that, like, the end, like it's, a normal person. No, it's super it weird. It kind of reminds me of uh, that Black Mirror episode. Yeah, and uh, they also do on Bunk One. The other service they offer is, like, a thing. They call it, like, snail mail. You know how, like, when you'd go to camp and you'd send your parent a letter in the mail? Mm-hmm. Since we can't... Hello, Mada. Since... Hello, Fada. Uh-huh. Yeah. Since we can't do Camp that... Is very entertaining. I don't know the rest. Okay. So what you can do, though, on the app is the parents can type up a message on the app. They send it to the camp. And then a fucking camp counselor has to go to a printer, print it off, and then hand deliver it to the child. So the kid can pretend that they got snail mail. Like, just send a That's fucking... so lame. Get an envelope and a stamp. But... Why even go yeah. to camp? Why don't you print off a picture of the outdoors and put it on your wall? Then you so, can say you went outside. So I figured, too, mm. hearing about this, I was like, this can't be that popular. This is so weird and so creepy. Bunk One, just one of the companies that does this, has, according mm-hmm. to them, 160,000 parents using this every summer. Oh, my God. On average. That's way more than I would have ever expected. And there's other ones. This is the biggest one, I think, but there are others that have, like, in the thousands of users. Mm -hmm. Um, There was, it was good to see uh, this one camp director in Maine. She said that they only do the letter thing because, in her words, it's a little dystopian and way too creepy to use the photo facial recognition options. Yeah. They weren't about to do that. And it gets even it gets more creepy. So this guy, Robert Burns, he's the president of Bunk One. And this is a quote from him. It's all about building this one-way window into the camper's experience. The parents get to see in, but the camper's not distracted from what's going on. Sure. Even though they're being photographed constantly by multiple photographers, they, they don't know what's going on. Another weird thing. So, like, yeah. they, like gets into, like, this whole, like, issue, you know, of, like, kids being like having their whole lives posted online like without their consent by their parents mm-hmm. and especially if you think about like camp kids age like be like 12 years old like it's kind of awkward maybe you don't want people other people deciding like what version of you is going on the internet but so yeah. there's just like these privacy issues but uh, according to robert burns or at bunk one part of their policy is uh that in the terms of for- service all photos are automatically grants bunk one the in quotes royalty free perpetual irrevocable non exclusive right and license to use reproduce 
and distribute the content oh, that's worldwide. Bad. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's they didn't too have much. to do that. That's where they get the money. And then, like, so this this uh, journalist was like questioning the president of the company, like saying, like, this is obviously a privacy issue, and. Uh, Bunk One, in their privacy statements, they say <clears throat> that they don't collect any information for anyone younger than 13, but they upload campers' names and photos that are younger than 13. Mm-hmm. And, and they just said they own all of it. And then yeah. also, but Burns' response to this was, we're not collecting information from campers, we're collecting information from their parents. Because the parents are the ones that put in the photos of the kids and consented to it. Huh. Ugh. It's so weird. Well, I it's don't understand. so weird. Is what do they gain from that versus, let's say, just the parents get to check out a group of pictures from that day? A lot of the camps, will, this will also be part of their marketing tool. So they will not only put the photos to the app to send to the parents, but they will put it on their Facebook and Instagram. So just hundreds of photos of kids every day. And a lot of them, like, sometimes tagged. Dude, this is balls. Yeah. Or fucking just sell it to, you know, other ad agencies that need pictures of just, like, kids playing or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have the exclusive right to the photos. They can mm-hmm. do whatever they want with them. Just happy, happy campers. They can do what they want with them. I don't know what weird companies could do with all that, but they could do something. Yeah. Demographics and... I don't know. Just another... To add to this, like, about, like, why would the parents want to do this and just, like, this hovering parent aspect? Uh, There's this one camp director they talked to in New Hampshire. She was saying that since they started using that service, she gets the equivalent of a month's worth of concerned parent calls in two hours. Because the parents will be looking at the photos and be like, why is my kid standing outside the group? Why isn't he smiling here? Why are there no pictures Uh, of Johnny today? uh, And they're like, is he sick? Why is he not smiling? And then this other layer of just, like, weirdness and creepiness and how this is also a marketing ploy. So, like, mm-hmm. they were talking to this young woman. She was a, like, 21-year-old photographer. It was a summer job. And she would, like, she'd, like, go up to the kids for pictures. And they would, like, you know, try to goofy, like, grumpy faces and stuff. And she'd be like, guys, like, I know you're trying to be funny, but you gotta smile because your parents are gonna call or they're gonna Hi. think the camp is abusing you. So let's put the smiles on. Yeah. They're like, oh, Ugh. fine. So it's just, it's so weird. There's another point that was brought up in the article that like financial motivations, like if a parent is spending thousands of dollars, they want to make sure like they're getting their money's worth. Their kid better be smiling in these pictures. Like they better be getting a lot of personal attention. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if they're going this far, why don't they just take an algorithm that gives all the kids smiley faces on the pictures? (laughs) I mean, you could do that. We have the technology. We do. It's really funny looking. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So just to wrap this up, uh, they talked to this uh, child and adolescent psychotherapist, just like what her hot takes were on it. She obviously was not a fan. Good. Um, she's like, you know, this is camp. Is The idea is it's like a time for like kids to start to get an uh, idea of independence. And like, it's also a good time like in this world for them to actually disconnect. But like the fact that they're still being connected to technology in this way is like mm. they don't have any breathing room. And she also made this point that I thought was interesting that it feeds into it uh what is it feeds into a cycle of anxiety in families because the parents never feel calm and safe and that things are okay that bleeds down to the kids so it's like the kids know that they need to be constantly monitored so then it's like when do they ever feel like they could actually be safe and away from their parents if they need to be constantly watched that's gotta cause problems down the road yeah it's just it's so weird and i would have like hated that if that was part of my camp experience i think 
I definitely would have hated that. The bigger kids were teaching me bad words and we're playing with fire and we're tying the loser kid up to a tree. What? I don't want any pictures of that. <laughs> well, that's when the photographer goes that to was bed, I guess. Super fun. But yeah, so just this weird it's weird. It's just, the world is weird and Yuck. it's it's getting into it's getting into the camps and I was just really surprised to find this out and they're making lots of money off of it. Not I don't think, yeah, I don't think these companies are making money necessarily from the parents and camps using the software, but I think from just selling those photos, too. Yeah. Mm. I would never have guessed that that's a thing or that this type of behavior was so prevalent. Yep. Good sidetrack. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I missed your every every episode you do a serial killer. and It's not true. Our, that's not so, true. That's not is, true. What about Tom Dooley? Yeah. What about Tom Dooley? That was a murder, but it had yeah. an interesting twist. That one had... That, okay, this is not great <laughs> to bring up. But it did have an interesting twist. It had a musical side to it. Mm. And then we learned about murder ballads, which yeah. is a genre. That Tom Dooley... That but was Tom pretty Dooley, cool. I had actually never heard that song until you mentioned that. And then we somehow heard it again in this movie. Boom. That... The counselors Linkages. are singing Tom Dooley, and I had never, ever heard that in my life except on Sloan's uh, sidetrack. Yeah. That was crazy. Which, which brings up a t- minor point that I sincerely hate when they have shots of people that don't know how to play guitar in the slightest playing guitar oh. <laughs> because it is so cringy watching them just move their hand all over the place without mm-hmm. any idea of what it would even remotely they, sound like. They made sure to like keep the frets and the strings away from the camera, at least. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't as bad as some, but I totally know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I j- it was so long. It did not benefit anything. It was just like this long song. Stuff. And they're just like, that was nice. It's like, why? Why did you put... That, that is literally uh, Alice's words. That was nice. After like this long, <laughs> drawn out, just like absent strumming nice. bullshit. Oh, and Bill Ugh. was... Yeah. Well, Bill had to show off that he's a stud. Bill was yeah. pretty cool. He's what, pretty studly. Was he the one that was pinned to the yeah. wall with arrows? Yeah, he lasted. Yeah, he. That was big a big fan of that. That, that was, was cool. Pretty grisly. But also, again, how does Mama avoid? She's got the biggest pinned? traps, dude. dude. She is a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> What's under that sweater? And while we're talking about her impossible feats, real quick, so the the arrow that she throws, she pulls through the mattress and then through a person to kill him while she herself is hiding under that mattress she's very strong mrs Voorhees. she that's incredible i don't even know she's a gorilla she is a fucking gorilla there's i really liked that kill and i thought visually it looked really good too was that uh that was that was kevin b yeah yeah Yeah. right after he came Mm -hmm. Yeah, a good variety of, of stabby kills. The axe, the arrow, the, yeah. the other arrow. There arrows, were a variety of uh, the knives, weapons. All the hits. Uh, the decapitation. Mm-hmm. It really... It's a simple movie. It's an archetype for a reason, though. 
Yeah, and I, I think part of what annoyed me so much with this movie is it just, like, I needed to remember, oh, well, this was the, like, beginning of this, so mm-hmm. this is why it's mm-hmm. it's feeling were, redundant because it was the beginning of it were, becoming redundant. There were a lot of tropes that were very new. Uh, one that was specifically brand new to this movie, according to whatever mm-hmm. internet sources Aaron found, was the, uh, the practical Joker victim, uh, Ned. Now, oh, yeah. He was in an archetype in horror movies. Yeah. We got the goobery, the goofy guy. The goobery yeah, guy yeah. that gets killed. I feel like usually, though, now he lasts a little longer because we want that comic relief a little longer. Yeah. But he was yeah. the first kill this time. He was, so that was not in Halloween or yeah, any I guess of it the wasn't. Black Christmas. There were only really a, a few horror like slasher. slasher movies before this one. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of, I mean, Halloween did kind of start, I don't know, if you're sexually. It's all about the sex, and yeah. you die if you have sex. Yeah. This one really kind of nailed that home, but yeah, uh, I, but yeah, but that's Ned where was the we get our goobery comic relief. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what do you guys say? We want to talk about that music? Yeah, pop in that cassette, Aaron, because that was some of the most memorable moments of this movie and series, I think. Um, so let's get into it. Yeah, everyone knows. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second here. Um, oh, yeah. The guy that made this uh, music, his name is Harry Manfredini. And uh, he... What a okay. bad name. Yeah, uh, a good is name. Is that... Man, is it Harry Manfredini or Harry Manfredini? Uh, his first name is Harry Man. Second Wait. name is Fredini. His first name is Harryman. No, it's Harry Manfredini. <laughs> Manfredini. <laughs> it's just too many... Harry Manfredini here. Uh, and uh, Manfredini <laughs> is just as ridiculous as Harryman. Uh, okay, sure, yeah. Uh, anyway, how dare you? So some of these, it's interesting at this point now that we are on episode fifteen here, and I kind of have have seen the patterns of these composers, how they work. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them, uh, you know, start in horror, kind of feel like they're destined for bigger things and move on to other things, or kind of discount horror. Manfred. Harry Mann loves this shit. All of his work is horror movies. Almost 100% of it. Mm, Not quite. Uh, He's done the soundtracks for all of the Friday the 13th, minus three of them. Whoa. Um, Wow. And including, he didn't do 8, 11, and 12, which would make you think that he's kind of out of the game. However, he made original music for the video game as well. Oh, Yeah. Um, he's made over a hundred films total. Um, this was his fifth one. This is oh, fresh. Okay. This is he's him done, finding uh, like you know what I think I'm just gonna lean into this horror thing. Like, this mm-hmm. is where he's finding his voice. He's figuring out he, what he wants to be. Yeah, he always wanted to to make uh, film compositions. Uh, he did Swamp Thing, uh, one of my favorites. No shit. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, like many of these guys, he started as a performer. He's a great sax man. Uh, oh, yeah. Classically trained. Uh, he got a doctorate degree. Um, in saxophone? Uh, in music shit. Like I don't music remember. Or something. It didn't matter. I moved on mm-hmm. quick. Uh, and, and like some of these other guys, he's a go getter and he started for free. Like he went to uh, a studio and was like, hey, what are you working on? I'll make the, the theme song for free. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he would pull himself up by his bootstraps. Exactly. Um, Real American Dream, Manfredini. Yeah, so I mentioned it's almost all horror. Not all of it on his website mm-hmm. last last updated in 2013, uh, and it looks like oh, wow. that. Um, he's extremely proud of his scores for children's films. 
including the hits such as Corduroy, Angus Lost, and my favorite, A Boy, A Dog, and a Frog. What's this overlap (laughs) with horror and kids movies? This is Turtle Journey all over again. (laughs) I don't. I feel like I feel like it's the cheese. Both can be cheesy, and there's not really, or at least least horror movies of those times, or or like you know, eighties. You might that might be the connection. Yeah, because like children don't care as long as it's catchy. It can be stupid, but Uh you know. And then same like horror movies, at least on the whole, they don't really need to have a whole lot of really seriousness to them. Mm With not some exceptions, be... like themes are generally a little bit more um, subdued and a little bit more serious. But, but you're not worried about it being comprehensive. Dial up the cheese. And, yeah. Uh, speaking of weird, he made a country western musical called "Play Me a Country Song." Okay. But That's um, can you sing us a song? I I didn't look into that. Um, oh. So I wanted to, to uh, read a quote about his mindset, which I like. Uh, the. Uh, about the role of the soundtrack in a horror movie. The object in most cases is to manipulate the audience to give them the scares that they're looking for because they're like roller coaster rides. Whether you get them to relax or you get them more excited or sometimes in horror films something funny happens. Well, if you can get them to laugh or lose attention that usually builds up while you're watching it, those are all the things that the composer who's trying to evoke everything that's necessary in a horror film creates. Doesn't matter what the horror film is. So he's... I love that he used the roller coaster analogy because mm-hmm. that is why mm-hmm. I love these simple horror movies. Um, and he's acknowledging the soundtrack's role in manipulating the audience into feeling what they want. Um, and um, so, how he made this one, uh, he was going to school uh, for his doctorate, and this was pretty uh, low budge on his end. He had a friend with a recording mm-hmm. studio, and he grabbed nine college students. Recorded, uh, or 12 college students, recorded them all day long, $300 each, uh, and he, he had, he recorded each part three times, so he could overdub it over each other, so it mm-hmm. looked like a bigger, yeah, sounded yeah, like cool. a bigger thing, um, and everything besides those main instruments, he did himself, hmm. including tin whistle, whatever that is, piano, synths, cymbals, percussion, and vocal effects. Ooh. Um, Wait, is he? He is. He sure <gasps> is. So, beside, besides, Ooh. despite that this is pretty low budget, uh, a lot of people view this as one of the last truly grand orchestral works for film. Because if you guys think back to it, this was all orchestra sounding. And going forward, more horror movies did electronic synth stuff. He was inspired by, like, Psycho. The... Mm-hmm. Woot, woot, woot. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Doody, 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 mm-hmm. doody. Anyway. Um, so, when we were listening to the, watching this movie, it's got a fucking classic spooky soundtrack. It's got, you know, the high-pitched... We got the drones and the, the creepy low... Dun, 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 dun. And we got a little bit of... I wrote down just loinks. What's a loink? Uh... D Z L O I N K. Do it for us. Zroink, zroink, zroink. Okay. Um, okay. I know what you mean. It just yeah. stuff that you hear and know it's spooky. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't really think about it these days. But um, so this is all done very intentionally, and there was a decision made 
to only play music when the killer is present. Mm. And oh, there's moments cool. where you would think ordinarily there would be music. For example, do you guys remember early on there's like an archery close call? Yeah. Where he shoots the target right next to the girl. But yeah, he's just yeah. joshing around. And, you he's know, there could have been a big moment musically, yeah. but there's nothing. Yeah. Because he didn't want to mislead. Basically, the soundtrack became its own. It, it was a separate character in the movie. Mm-hmm. It represented oh, the cool. killer before you knew who it was. And so I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it. You guys familiar the ch 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 Yeah. Do you did you look look into this at all? No. It's not ch 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 or ha ha ha. And he recorded this with his voice. Yes, he did record this with his voice. What he did what, how he came up with this is, so we've got Mama Voorhees. She's lifting weights. She's constantly <laughs> lifting weights. But she's also got, um, she's crazy. She's, you know, talking to herself about Jason. Um, mm-hmm. And, kill her, Mommy. Mm-hmm. Kill her, Mommy. Ki, Mommy. Ki, 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 ma, ma, ma. That's how he started oh, this. Okay. Kill her mommy. Oh. Kick, kick, ma, ma, ma. And, mm. and he puts, he, he just goes, kick, ma, into, a, into huh. a mic and throws some echoey shit on it. And it didn't end up sounding like a K, really. But Yeah. yeah. That's pretty not interesting, all, though. But... I did not know, I would have not known that. He was, That's very cool. He was surprised with people being like, chit, 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 what? No. Like, yeah. he didn't get that. But it was kill, kill her mommy mm. is, is what started this because it's, when you are hearing this music, the killer is loose, mm-hmm. and you're like kind of in her head, yeah. having Jason yeah, talking. Yeah, to yeah, you. yeah. So I thought that was pretty sweet. It wasn't that was very cool. It wasn't just an arbitrary. This is going to sound creepy if we repeat it a lot, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So, um, I I looked into since this was a classical soundtrack, and I don't know a lot about this stuff. I ended up googling. Uh, how to play horror violin. And I found this sweet old lady, Diane Atkins. Um, <laughs> oh, Diane. She's uh, Her YouTube channel is called Violin Teacher. Um, she's a very charming middle-aged lady. Her fat husband walks through the background. Uh, she showed us some tricks. The zloinks that I mentioned, it's called a glissando. Mm-hmm. And mm. this might sound common sense to someone that plays music, but... That these are just really high pitched slide ups, really quick. Zoink, zoink. Um, it's a glissando. Okay. A couple other tricks up their sleeves. Um, there's something called col legno. This is a classical trick where you take the uh, string, the bow. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, flip it upside down and fucking just hit that wood part on it, and that gets these like tippity tappity that was a lot of that and it follows just this no oh, i think this yeah one, and i know what you're talking about definitely yeah it was just cool seeing what's physically happening for classic horror sounds um there's even some of these super high-pitched ones are you she's playing on the other side of the bridge where you tune it or whatever a- anyway mm-hmm. um it was cool just to see She's got 5,000 subscribers. It's 
up next for me was a video called How to Set Up a New Violin, and there's this babe, and she's got 500,000 views. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Poor, uh, poor Diane Atkins, but I... Did you subscribe? I didn't. She hasn't made any content since September of 2018. I hope she's because still Because she alive. only had 5,000 subscribers. She needs 5,000 really online. You gotta yeah. bring her back in the game. She needs anyway. to deepen that V. <laughs> what does that mean? It's a double on The V-neck. The, the, the V-neck needs to get But also deeper. deepen her violin playing into being more sensual. Okay, I, I picked it up eventually. Uh, so that's uh, a little bit under the insight of of Harry Man Manfredini, um, his chit 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 ha 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 ki 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 ma ma ma. Um, and yeah, I'm curious because we will be hearing more and more of him. I'm not going to be looking up new composers. I wonder what the hell happens you're gonna next. Have, you're going to have to really get deep into this. Guy. Uh-huh. You're going to have to find out some really crazy things. I tried to really keep it to just this movie. Um, yeah, but yeah. what I didn't keep to just this movie, just because we're starting a new adventure here at Slasher Tracks. We're watching a new series. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what the future holds. Yeah. Um, so there's 12 movies. Yeah. But Man. there Ugh. has been a potential sequel... Um, that's been brewing since 2009 and I won't bore you with the details that I read over today, but there's like three studios that all had, had flesh in the game here and they wouldn't get along. It's been scrapped, rewritten. There's been camp of blood. There's been the death of Jason. There's been the beginning. There's been Jason never dies, which is a direct sequel to the sixth one. What the fuck? But some of the newest, you're not going to believe this. Some of the newest developments. In 2018, a production company, Spring Hill Entertainment, owned by none other than LeBron James, mm. uh, <laughs> was in talks to co-produce Friday the 13th, 13, The Beginning. Mm. My last note says, who fucking knows? Yeah. But LeBron like, James is, is entered the There's game. so much pressure, I feel like, though, like... If it's going to be the 13th movie in the Friday yeah. the 13th series, you can't fuck this up. And the thing is, they will. But maybe they won't. Like, the Halloween resurgence has been strong. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like this, horror's getting some love. They don't have to fuck it up now. This has been the biggest gap in movies ever since it started. Um, they can do it. They can mm-hmm. do it. This It would very likely be a reboot. Um, but if it's good... Man, why couldn't Hellraiser 10 come out in 2020? It'd be so... Would it be better? Mm, no. No. Mm. I could be the same. Man, I gotta say, not looking forward to this because we watched this for... So, like, with the Hellraiser series, I like Hellraiser 1. Hellraiser 2 is <laughs> fine. Hellraiser 3 is fine. But, like, Friday the 13th? I didn't like it. Not a fan? Not a fan. I thought Do it was you... dumb. Do you appreciate My it last for... notes in all in bold are dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. I appreciate it. You didn't it like for the small town vibes with like the fifties kind of you uh, love small towns. Technicolor colored Twilight Zoney didn't even vibes notice. and going mm-hmm. in there. I felt mm. a bit of Twilight Zoniness on this for sure. The water just, the water made me think that. It was just yeah. dumb. And uh I don't it was just the acting was bad, the except for Mama Voorhees. I like Kevin Bacon. I'm trying to find things that I like about it when we talk about it in the aftermath, like right now. But in the moment, I was like, this, like, it didn't excite me like Hellraiser does. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's not like 
ooh, what's the next one? It was well. The thing is, I've got such a curiosity because the next one has actual Jason with a fucking chase or a hockey mask. Maybe I like two better. I have no idea. I, the thing that I think made us decide on this is both that we don't know what the hell's coming and that we have vague hints of weird shit happening. There's Jason yeah. takes Manhattan. There's Jason X in space. Wait, he takes like wait, is that yes. the actual title? title? That's the title. Wait, wait, did wait? I don't know, dude. Yeah, we just gotta get there. Like Home Alone Two, Lost in New York style. I hope so. Is Macaulay Culkin in that movie? I will almost guarantee. Oh, not. I think I know what my sidetrack's gonna be, folks. That doesn't make sense. I'm just going to talk about Macaulay Culkin. Uh, I think this is going to get crazy, and and I think we'll be entertained in the way that we were seeing what the hell happened to Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah. A little different, but... I didn't like the first one, which is disappointing. Yeah. Cody, do you have any closing thoughts on this movie, and I guess going forward? Um, My closing thought would be... This... it, It was... This was a pioneer... Did it age awesome? No, not entirely. There's some cool things. Uh-huh. I think there's some things that are that made it worth watching. Um, if memory serves, I do think we're in for treats. I think it gets better. I don't. Okay. I don't remember three at all, but I do remember two quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- I think. I mm. think we're gonna. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, know I think certain people I think it's think gonna hit, we're gonna hit some good best. spots. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to keep okay. my 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 blinders on and not look too far into it and try to spoil things. But mm. um, I think we're gonna be impressed. I think okay. it's gonna be good. I think okay. it's gonna be a good gauntlet. Is this I'm one excited. maybe gonna be more of like a bell curve shape? I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay. Or maybe no maybe it just goes up. Or maybe. You think it's gonna go up all the way till the end? Uh, there's yep. Freddy versus Jason, dude. Wait, do we watch that? Is that part of yeah. the series? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, we might need. I I don't. But are we gonna? What are we gonna do when we almost inevitably do Nightmare on Elm Street? Mm. We have to rewatch it. No, actually, I like yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. I like the you first like one. Nightmare One. Uh, we've seen three as well. Um, I don't know. Oh, I don't want to watch all of them. <sighs> See, they knew it. <laughs> Here at Slash Tracks, it's our sole duty to cover every single long franchise in slasher horror history. And uh-huh. Sloan, I know that I see that face. You look enthusiastic, <laughs> eager. I think you're trying to watch a movie tonight. And I got to remind you, we need to get up early, but I like the. I like uh You like my pure enthusiasm. <laughs> my radiant light of excitement there for it is. horror films. Mm-hmm. There it is. And that's why uh we're glad to have you as a co host here. Um I really bring in the fun. You know what? You do. And I, I really liked uh your your tele helicopter mom spin off. Thanks, today. man. It was good. Uh good shit all around. The <sighs> Animal cruelty is still happening in movies. It sure is. Like, as recently and as big as The Hobbit. Hobbits are just 
Just give the killing sheep. goats. Just give them some water. It's that was such an easy one to avoid. I think the easiest one, and it's, I, I think one of the most crazy, other than Thomas Edison, that's pretty crazy. Too. Yeah. That doesn't even seem real. I guess it's I, all I, it seems like wild. a weird, yeah, it seems like a weird urban legend myth thing. Yeah. But it's filmed, so uh, you can watch it. You can watch it. Do you, oh, wait, do Google they that. like fully like kill it though? I don't want to see it. Oh die. yeah, it dies. Oh, yeah, actually, I don't want to see an elephant get shocked at all. I don't even want to see it get shocked mm, yeah. to be fine. I don't want to see I'll any of it. I'll give you the highlights. No, I'm good. I think I got the highlights here. Cool. Well, uh, <laughs> we hope uh, those listeners out there got the highlights of Friday the 13th. Thanks for still listening, if you are right now. We really appreciate you, whoever you may be. Uh, Send us an email, slashertracks at gmail.com. Don't it, forget to follow us on Instagram and is Twitter. Is that a real email? Yes, it's slashertracks at gmail.com. It's on ever, my phone. Have you ever checked it? I do. I just get updates from Instagram and Twitter. Like, hey, you still have an Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Got no nice. fan mail yet, right. but I check it. Well, someday we will. And, uh, you know. Just whatever. You got some thoughts? Share them. Also, fo- get on that Instagram. Hit that like button. Leave a comment. What do you think we should watch next? We gotta take breaks from these shitty franchises. Do you have a suggestion? They're beautiful. <laughs> they are. Uh, I'm having a great time. Looking forward to the next one. I think we're gonna wrap Likewise. up here. Yeah, let's let's go home. All right, Slashers. Thanks again for listening. I'm Aaron. I'm Sloan. And I'm your stepmother. We will see you next time. Bye bye.